Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the bitter cold and yet beautiful sunshine of Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, we are going to talk about gays and atheists, folks. Gay theists. Gay theists. No, we're not talking about that. Gaytheism. Yeah. No. Well, we're, kinda, we're talking about we're, we're gonna, gays and or... We're going to compare and contrast. Oh, not just comparing. No, no. Some contrasting. We're going to do all of it. Because we'll, just, even, we'll we'll bring in blacks and women. Yeah. Because, we'll, you know, just because you're atheist doesn't mean you're gay. Oh, no, I think it does. <laughs> I think all atheists are gay. I'm pretty, well, anyways, I'm we're going to talk about, sure about that. some confusion mm. about what people mean when they say things like, oh, you know, atheism, it's the, it's the next gay marriage. It's the next gay marriage. We'll so, talk about that. Yeah. That's right. what, uh, that's what, what, what's his name said? What Bill, uh, Bill Maher. Maher said, yeah. Bill Maher. Oh my god, I'm totally tangled up. I'm trying to get my hoodie off. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, don't do it when you're wearing headphones. That right, was a bit of go. a production right there. Oh, I feel better though. Oh good. Oh good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to uh I'll I'll go I'm gonna travel across the sea, mm, across the ocean. Yes. Into Africa. Oh okay. where only good things happen. Uh it, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Matter of matter of fact that yeah. We're not gonna talk about Nelson Mandela, by the way. That's not what this is about. Okay. Uh, but what it is, what, but I, so I recently heard a thing on the radio. I was, I was listening to a show and I don't remember what show it was, but they were talking and maybe it was this American life. I don't know what it was. Okay. They were talking about Pentecostal religion in Africa and it's exploding Yeah. yeah. to the point where they can't, they keep making buildings. They can't make buildings big enough to house some of these things. Like they were, they made a building that was like, like 10 football fields big. Really? In size. That's now they're very make, large. Now they're making one that's like like 50. They like it is entire like entire cities that sixes are of of so block, they can get city all the, blocks. The Pentecostals in? Yeah. Every week they come to these things. It's amazing. And it's awful. Okay, Africa's huge. Where are we talking about? Well, okay, so I I'm not sure where that report was from. I just wanted to lay some groundwork i wanted to paint some pictures in some people's minds as to how big the pentecostal movement is in parts of africa it's big it's huge so now specifically i'm going to take us to nairobi kenya okay in kenya it's huge too and here's one of the lovely things things that's happening as a result okay uh pentecostal preachers are offering for a voluntary donation that is mandatory probably but (laughs) they swear it's not uh, a cure for AIDS. Oh, a cure. They they do a ceremony. A cure. They do a ceremony. They burn the antiretroviral drugs that these people are taking. Wow. These people give up to their whole life savings, and then uh, a couple prayers are said, and they're cured. Well, why has anybody notified the CDC? They need to. <laughs> They are holding out this cure. America needs this cure. Well, Africa needs it probably a little bit more. Africa needs it a lot. So thank goodness they're yeah. giving it to them. Wow. It's very, very heart. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a heartwarming story I, about well, curing AIDS with wow, prayer. With prayer. So, okay. So, what, so, I mean, what's happening beyond just that? It's just one of those things where people, I mean... Have there been stories of people now obviously getting sick? People are dying. Of course they're dying. Yeah. Or sicker. I mean, I mean, you know, Africa is sort of replete with with 
uh, apocryphal stories of what AIDS, what causes and doesn't cause AIDS, what can and can't cure AIDS. I mean, this is, you know, this is the continent that gave us the, if you have sex with a virgin, it'll cure your AIDS thing. So, yeah. so there was a whole bunch of rape of children Ugh. that's still going on oh because, God, really? because, yeah. And AIDS rape of children to top that off. Yeah. Because it cures your AIDS. You guys didn't see my air quotes, but I did some air quotes there because it doesn't actually cure your AIDS. <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying, Dan. I just think, you know, there's a... so it, It's really sick. Yeah. Um, here's, yeah, here, here's, a, here's a quote from, uh, from uh, a name that I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Uh, Jane Nganga. Uh, I think you did a pretty good job of that, Dan. <laughs> We we would have no way I, of I knowing. I think I could probably spell it based on good. <laughs> your good. Did, there are two apostrophes in that name. Oh, I would have missed the apostrophes. <laughs> uh, so there's so so she Jane is a uh, coordinates the Kenya chapter of Inarella Plus, an interfaith network of religion religious leaders uh, with HIV, and she said religious leaders living with HIV. Okay. And she's saying, yeah, we should be on the forefront encouraging adher- adherence to the medicine right. uh, as we offer psychological and mental support to those infected and affected. Right. So there are groups yeah, if, working. If people could just recognize that the limitations of religion are at the edge of your psyche. Right. <laughs> that's, right. That, that, if you see some benefit from religion, that's where it is, folks. It don't. Trust it for your body or the real world right. or getting what you want. It belongs in the, on the playground in the backyard of your brain. Yeah. In nowhere else. Yeah. If yeah. it even belongs there. Contrast that with the, with the words of Pastor Joseph Maina uh, of the Agmo Prayer Mountain, which is a Pentecostal church outside uh, on the outskirts of the Nairobi. Prayer Mountain? Prayer Mountain. Sounds like they didn't, they didn't build a building. No, they no. Just, they <laughs> just have a mountain. They built a mountain. That's more impressive than a building. Hmm. He says, I believe people can be healed of all kinds of sickness, including HIV, through prayers. He says, we usually guide them. We don't ask for money, but we ask them to leave some seed money that they please. Which, to me, reads, they have to pay us. Yeah. You have to pay us yeah. for this. Yeah. yeah. We want money for your... I mean, sure. I, you know, there's, there's a, a history... In a lot of African cultures, and I don't know specific uh, specific Kenyan culture, but I know that there's a history in a lot of African cultures of like witch doctors whom you would pay for various tinctures or potions that would sure. help you in you know yeah. whatever endeavor you're doing and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I think this is probably just that translated into Christianity, and also being applied to something that. It, I mean, it's one thing, like, if you bruise yourself. Right. Oh, witch doctor, help my bruise heal. Right. Or witch yeah. doctor, help me on this hunt so that I get something, so that I bag sure. a deer or something. Like it's fairly harmless stuff. Right. But, but when you start applying it to something that but, you're going to die from if you don't take the medicine. Oh, Christian witch, witch doctor, cure my AIDS. And they're saying cure. Yeah. They're not saying, like, your AIDS, you're, you'll feel better. Yeah. Well, you have this re- this virus in you. Well, I, I'm also concerned here that there seems to be some confusion between HIV and AIDS, and I think we need to clarify. That. Well, I I don't know that they make much of a that 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 advanced in their in their thinking about it if they're going for prayer cures <laughs> at this point. 
Yeah. I don't know why that struck me as funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? No, that's that's just it. People okay. people cured of AIDS. Well, I've got another story of um, a. Uh, well, it's not even closely related. I was going to try to really segue it, and I couldn't even come up with anything. Um, all right, so <laughs> there's this story this week that absolutely fascinates me, fascinates me in as far as how big it blew up here in Salt Lake. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it was like oh. front page news. Yes, it was. Okay. I know where you're going. <laughs> uh, it's the story of... Well, I kind of want to tell this. I want to do this story justice. Just t- tell it like okay. it's a Christmas, like it's a, a, a tale of, of Christmas joy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, so they're down in uh, one of the suburbs of uh, one of the very Mormon suburbs of Salt Lake. Of our uh, fair Taylorsville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in, in part that you could call it the, the Mormon belt of mm. the more the more the I actually saw it on a uh, on a planning at a big planning event for the. For the for the Wasatch Front, they called it the culture, the Mormon Cultural Center. Oh, really? Um, down in sort of sort of those southwestern suburbs of Salt Lake, huh. because the rest of them, I mean, if you go west, they're more ethnic, and if you go south, they are just old and rich. Mm. You know, this is not a rich area. No, this is just feel. good old Mormon working slash middle class people. Right. Right. Um, so, anyways. Um, <laughs> so it's so this bishop of one of these wards uh down in Taylorsville uh LDS ward Mormon ward um he uh, he decided that he needed to teach his his ward the members of his ward a uh, a Sunday lesson mm. he needed he needed he and he wanted it to be so he felt the a need to teach a story about compassion oh, towards the nice. homeless oh good right and the, the, here's the thing, Mormon. We need to we need to really state and be clear about this. Mormon bishops are not trained to be bishops. They are members of the congregation who've been selected right. to oversee, to administrate the ward. Right. And so they conduct the meetings. They will call on certain people to get to prepare a talk, but they're not typically on Sunday up there giving a sermon. No. Or instructing the ward. It's not their role. Right. Um. And so, <laughs> anyways, he felt <laughs> he needed to teach this lesson. So he uh, he has a friend uh, or an acquaintance, somebody he knows somebody who does like um, Hollywood level Hollywood style. In fact, works in the film industry, um, makeup, mm. hair, hair and makeup, and uh, and he called on this person to help him with a disguise so that he could walk in and be unrecognizable. Uh, to his ward, yeah. members of his ward, and uh, and appear as a homeless man. <laughs> and so he uh, he really worked on his character. You know, he like it sounds like he did some good, you know, physical some body work. Some body work. He really changed the way that he walked. He kind of did this hunched over thing. <laughs> and I mean, and he put on a lot of shit. You know, I mean, there's a wig, and he had some serious like some chops going some on. Some gray sideburny things um, happening. And uh, they they put some. Um, some warts and like of skin, and blemish, lots of blemishes on right. his face and kind of just made him look a little dirty. And he looked pretty haggard. Him. He looked, and he looked the part. He if did. I had seen him walk, the pictures I saw of this guy uh, walking down the street, I would have thought he was a homeless man. Indeed. 
uh, kind of an extreme case as somebody who you know lives close to downtown salt lake and works downtown i see a lot of homeless people sure and they definitely don't all look as haggard as right but, but you would think he was homeless um so <laughs> he he does this whole thing where he goes to, to and wanders around the church grounds before the the, the sunday meeting started and uh, to get sort of the reaction of people. And some people were really generous. And some people um, just kind of looked the other way. Right. And sort of as, as in, in the fine tradition of Mormonism. Oh, yeah. They just sort of uh, felt very uncomfortable and clenched their butt cheeks really tightly together. And <laughs> Clenching of butt cheeks is definitely a Mormon action. Um, but that, that, to be fair, that is a societal reaction to homeless people. Sure. To look the other way. Yeah. To just be a little uncomfortable and look the other way. Well, anyways, this guy's I do it. wandering. I mean, it's Taylorsville. Yeah. There are no homeless people wandering around panhandling. In Taylorsville. In Taylorsville. That's true. There aren't. You know? And so, like, so it was, a, it was really strange. And so, um, he, he want the meeting start. I can't remember if he was ever, actually ever asked to leave or not. Um, he was asked to leave by, yeah, but by even, a few people even as he was being a few like, people even called the police yeah um but other people showed acts of kindness well anyways he ends up in, uh, appearing during the sacrament meeting right and wanders up to the pulpit and apparently one of the counselors knew was, was sort of in on the whole thing and so he knew to sort of turn over the pulpit to mm. this homeless guy and uh, and he gets up there and he starts to, s- to kind of mumble and do this and do that. And then all of a sudden he does the big reveal where he takes his hand, pulls off his wig, <laughs> right? And and the the congregation is, <gasps> oh, oh my, God. like audible gasps, right? Right? And people start crying. <laughs> and people... <laughs> People. Of course they do, because Mormons are criers. <laughs> Mormons are total weepers. And they are just, they <laughs> they have been taught a lesson today. Mormons know how to take an object lesson, too. I'll tell you what. Oh, my God. But what's amazing to me is the universal positive reaction to oh, this whole thing. Yeah. It was just, what a brave and amazing thing to do to do to teach us all the, this lesson and i kind of hated it from the first moment that i like read the headline i totally hated it I and i totally was just like i was it. like it well, my my first reaction is if your community is is that far gone is that far callous that you have to like t- shock them into <laughs> learning this lesson about having compassion and whatnot toward the homeless and 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 it was really a lesson about empathy that he was trying to teach. Okay. But nonetheless, um, if, if you're that far gone, you got some problems. <laughs> well, not only that. I mean, I think that, I, I think that there's a confusing lesson here. Because I think that, because what were they supposed to do? I, to my mind. You kick the guy off the property. The guy's on like property har- harassing people he's asking for money and that's 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 why you would ask him to leave like right. if he sat down at the back of a chapel to sit through a sacrament meeting if he said can i come into church that's a totally different thing come into church absolutely come into church what can we can we help but if you he's, with if he's asking parishioners as they walk up to the church for money which he was yeah then the societally appropriate thing to do 
is to ask him to leave. Right. And if he doesn't, which, of course, the bishop dresses a homeless guy does not do. <laughs> is not going to do. Then you might have to call the cops. You might have to ask him to be removed. Right. Yeah. And that's not inappropriate. That's not wrong at all. I mean, I, I, I admit to a large degree of ambivalence when it comes to how best to deal with people who are homeless. I know, I know. I mean, I... For my money, most of them, I'm sure, are are mentally ill mm-hmm. in some way, and and w- even if not mentally ill, somehow incapable of 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 normal societal. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interaction, or or yeah, or just just being part of society in a right. nor- oh, in a right, normal right. way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're just incapable of it. Otherwise, they would have homes, right? Because we all choose homes over homelessness if we yeah. can. Right. If we have that option, that's the one we Well, we, we know that mental illness is a major factor. In right, right. And, and, and drug addiction is another. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, maybe they're the same thing. Maybe drug addiction is a form of mental illness or something, you know. I, th- or, or, I think there are those who would make that argument, yeah. And, and maybe, you know, it's, and may, it's frequently a combination of all of these uh-huh. things. Yeah. But, the, I mean, the point is that, like, yeah, I have a lot of compassion toward that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone chooses homelessness because they're lazy. No. But the way that you show that compassion is, you know, giving to giving to organizations, providers, right? You know, and and that's and that's what I have come to. I I I really struggle. I I don't give to to panhandlers. I don't give to people oh, who ask me not. for money. The, pe- the, the 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 scenario that pisses me off, pisses me off weekly, is that there are two panhandlers who I always see at the off ramp, the I fifteen southbound off ramp, right. getting off at Fourth South. Yep. And they sit there as there's like this line of cars and people will roll down their window and hold up traffic right. to give to the panhandlers who are there every single day. Right. And I'm just like, don't hold up the traffic. And I might sound like a dick, but I'm like, <laughs> I know that you're not, that, that it's the right thing to do is to not give directly to the panhandler. Right. And the other the thing, right is thing that- to do is to give to the to the organizations. The other thing is services. that there's there's danger there. Like I see people not only holding up traffic but like throwing a dollar bill as they pass as right. they're driving past and then some some person's running out into traffic to get their dollar. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I don't like any of it. I just I don't like the problem for one thing. <laughs> I don't like that there's a homelessness problem. Yeah. I I, I don't there enjoy is a homeless, that homelessness problem in in Salt Lake. Yeah, there is unfortunately. Anyway, especially in the part of downtown that I'm always in. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm going to I will take us to uh, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> I just watched that movie the other night. You what, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Uh-huh. Oh, I remember that. Scene. Delightful. It is delightful. It's on HBO Go right now. Folks. Oh, it's just so yeah. much fun. Anyway, in Oklahoma City. Uh, the state. Uh, have you been to the state house in Oklahoma City to the uh, Capitol building? I've been there pre-dome and post-dome. Oh, there so, was yes. There, there was the addition of a dome. There was no dome. It was domeless. And then they domed it uh, right up. Well, yeah, because uh, it wasn't. Didn't look like a proper Capitol building. <laughs> not without. without a, not without a dome. <laughs> How am I supposed to take that seriously without a dome? <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, on the Capitol grounds in Oklahoma City in OKC. Mm-hmm. There, there is a uh, a big stone like granite Ten Commandments. Oh, there is on the grounds. There's also an oil, an oil derrick. Well, yeah, 
<laughs> you better have one of those. It's really a Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, now, we've talked about this problem before. Mm-hmm. We talked about the American Atheist's solution to this problem in Florida when there was a Ten Commandments out in front of a courthouse. Right. Which was to put a really, really ugly other monument that they paid for out. That was... Uh, I don't even know what it was a monument to. Tastelessness? Yes. <laughs> tackiness? <That's> tackiness. <laughs> a monument to tackiness. Well, I contended at that time uh-huh. that we, we as, an, as a movement would be better served to sponsor Satanists <laughs> Which going out absurd. and do it. Well, because an atheist thing is one thing. Like, but but, but when you said this to me. When you said this to me, I was like, oh, yeah, and just like confirm everything Anybody on the conservative religious right would say about us. I'm not saying that we. I w- I'm not saying that we are Satanists. We funnel I, it through a third party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> we we need to be clever about it, obviously. <laughs> but I'm just saying that it, I think it serves our our purposes better for Satanists to be putting up because they're an actual religion, whereas atheism is not a religion. Right. And so, uh, so that's what I thought. Well. In Oklahoma, that's happening. Oh, my God. Or rather, it's sort of happening. The Satanic Temple, which is a New York City-based religious organization, mm. has offered to donate a public monument to the Oklahoma City Pre- Capital Preservation Commission for display <laughs> upon Oklahoma City's capital grounds. And what has the commission decided to do? They have not made a decision yet. <laughs> this is not... I'm just... I, this is the first... This is, this is the serve has been made. No volley has gone back and forth yet. <laughs> the uh, so I, I think it's great. I think these guys are the ones who need to be fighting that battle <laughs> because I think they get it. The thing is that they totally get it. Oh, they well, they know they're being dicks, right? They know they're being, but dicks, they also but in, know in the right th- way. They also know that they are a religion, so, so you can't not compare them. Okay, let's back up. There are details about the monument that we don't know. We don't know anything about we don't the know. monument. So they haven't said like what it, how big it is, the shape, no, no, what no. it says. I don't know anything about that. Uh, they just, just they, offered. They, to this do was one. a press release that they put out that just said, "Hey, by the way, we've offered to do a monument of our own." And I'm guessing. I mean, what I'm the, guessing the, is the, you're going to see a pentagram with the goat head in it. You're going to see like. Like it's going to be a statue of Satan himself. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't it be fantastic? <laughs> I mean, the thing is that the the while Christians could look and just shake their head and tisk at an atheist <laughs> monument, they can't just shake their head and tisk at a Satanist monument. Right? They would freak the fuck out because <laughs> it's not just like turning your back on jesus it's rooting for the other team oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> it's like clearly the whole it, i think i think if anything is going to convince people to stop putting up religious monuments in like on on public grounds mm-hmm. it's going to be these satanists yeah i am behind them a hundred percent oh wow they've never officially offered a monument before but they have uh they have uh gone in tried to assert their voice on other first amendment amendment issues um earlier in the year they had a rally in Florida on the Capitol steps in Tallahassee in support oh. of governor Rick Scott in support of Rick Scott for his passage of a, of senate bill uh, uh ninety eight which allows for quote inspirational messages at assemblies in schools so they <laughs> took the position that that was a 
while it was an apparently an attempt to promote Christian beliefs in public schools, instead they're saying it promotes diversity, and we'll we'd be happy to do some assemblies in the, in your kids' schools. Oh, these people are diabolical. They're great. These are the same people that did the 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 the, the what, what do they call it? The pink mass oh. over over Fred yeah, Phelps's yeah, yeah, mom's yeah, yeah, grave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, making her po- posthumously gay. That's the one. Yeah, and I think I try to make the same joke then too. Mm-hmm. They're diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> They're fantastic. <laughs> I am such a fan of this group of people. <laughs> I mean, the pink mess oh. was kind of cheeseball. Yeah, but great, but yeah, yeah. I mean, again, dickish. But you would expect a group of s- Satanists to be a little dickish. <laughs> I would expect them to be a lot like, worse no than dickish. Less. Little, right. no less than dickish. Right. If that's as, if if that's as bad as Satanism gets, hmm, that's great. Wow, I'm I'm curious. They Is should, there a phone number I can call? They should call it snarkinism. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, so, so they think that. Uh, so someone asked them. Uh, oh, this is uh, Hemet. He- 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 oh, how does he pronounce his name? I should know. Hemet Meta. Meta. Mm-hmm. I should know. He's a really prominent atheist. I've never met the guy, so I don't know how to pronounce his name. On the, his website's the Friendly Atheist, um, and he he posted a bunch of questions to them to the 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 Satanists. And one of them was, what will you do if your monument is rejected? They said, we are at a loss to think of a legal basis upon which they would they possibly could reject us. They have set precedent themselves, and they simply can't reject a monument on the grounds that it is being donated by Satanists rather than a Baptist deacon. They're great. And I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure that the ACLU will back them. Yeah, they, they would have to. And the Furfuf, maybe? Every, if... It, I don't know about fur furf. Maybe not fur furf, but I mean, gosh, I'll send them twenty five bucks. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that they're. I mean, I, I it should not be a deal for me that they're Satanists. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Satan. Clearly, right? right. right? But like, there's something about <laughs> it that I can't get over. I'm like, no, they they worship the devil. <laughs> You still got that remnant of like, like you don't believe in God, but somewhere in the back of your head, you're like, yeah, but the devil's bad. <laughs> well, it's not based in any like sense that there is a devil. Right. It's just like, yeah, it's visceral. It's totally 100% <laughs> like, yeah, it's one of those vestigial. Uh, right, right. <laughs> remnant. Remnants of oh, whatever. Anyway, oh, God, I'm, I'm just thrilled by it. Well, all right. Well, I am going to go to a story. About some hope about the Hopi Indians, oh. um, uh, who are you know, of Arizona, mm. um, who are trying to stop a sale in Paris um, of Hopi artifacts. Oh, um, that are uh, sacred. They're 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 sort of, they're used in r- sacred rites. Ah, um, that that the Hopis uh, engage in. Um, there's okay. about seventy sacred masks. That are going to be, um, I believe, auctioned off, and uh, they they believe it will fetch. Oh God, where was the figure? It was uh, uh, at least a million dollars. Wow, was going to was the, gonna the, be whole the total collection. value of, of of once all the masks are wow. auctioned off. Um, and it raises an interesting question um, because the the sale of Indian artifacts, especially of this kind, um, are prohibited in this country oh really the sale is prohibited in this country 
Um, Where did the Frenchies acquire this these these masks? Th- that's um, that I don't know. That I don't know. But they've. I can't ima- I can imagine that there could be very diabolical ways that they could have acquired it, but also there could be just legal ways. Maybe some Hopi guys gave up masks at some point. Um, and that that's possible. And now there's a collection of them. Yeah. Um, typically, um, obviously, like when one mask is sold mm-hmm. uh, f- between, you know, two individuals, um, the Hopis don't even know that it happened. Right. Mm. But this is this is a this is one of those big mass auction events. Right. right that's being promoted so that everybody everybody who would be interested in these in these artifacts, you know is aware of it so sure. that it drives up the prices right right, right. um it's the, it's the french version of christie's or Sotheby's some, or something. something of the sort yeah and so um and so anyways it it really just kind of um we, actually the one of the interesting things that, that it brings up is the fact that we have um embedded in treaties with various different nations we have agreements that we will help that we will return artifacts to cultural artifacts to those nations Mm. right um and our government has worked on that issue interesting nobody ever thought to reciprocate that (laughs) in these in these treaties right and so while we have a a, a treaty with france i believe that would help them retrieve cultural artifacts that had been sort of pillaged or inappropriately taken out of their country sure during times of war (laughs) um we don't they won't acknowledge it in return oh and so no. the hopis are kind of um they're 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 sol they're yeah they're, they're, <laughs> but it, it i i find it just interesting i mean first of all you can't really find photos of these things right oh. there's because it's also well i mean you can now because obviously the people who it's are selling the, them right really don't care about whether they're sacred or not to the right. hopis Right. Um, and so on the New York Times, I was able to find some photos. Um, but there's no absolutely the... stunning <laughs> oh my God. stuff. I mean, really cool. Like, if you're into, like, artifacts. Really artifacts, cool stuff. Like, um, creepy, crawly, scary, scary cool. Yeah. Like, um, they use, I mean, everything that you would expect. There's feathers and, you know, animal hair and right. um, whatnot. Um, that, that sort of. I mean, what? how are they sacred? Very elaborate. Masks. I mean, I've, okay. So, frankly, because I am me, mm. I don't care about what's sacred to you that much. You know what I mean? I care about, like, if it's yours rightfully, mm-hmm. then you should have it. Right. And if it's not yours rightfully, then you shouldn't have it. Right. And that, that's, that, that brings up an issue that I wrestle with. A lot, which is, I want to respect other people and their 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 sense of like what's appropriate and not. You know, I mean, right? Let, let's say like with the Mormon temple. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's something that I went and I had personal experience with, and so in order to demonstrate over and over and over that it still that it doesn't have any the the the, the covenants that I made in the temple have no power over me. Right. I'll do things like say what my temple name is or right. i'll describe the, the which ceremony. is what do you want to say it to our, our people to it's our listeners Ruben. your Yay. temple name is Ruben. um and um you know talk about you know what goes on in the temple but it's it's a means for me to sh- to exercise to 
that whole sense of it doesn't hold any power over me because right. I was sworn to never talk about it. Right. And so for me, that that's my sort of breaking through that. Sure. But when you have, but there, there is a line there, yeah. right. That, that where that I don't want to cross in order to be a civil member of society. Right. Yeah. I and mean, so I want to, especially a group, you know, like the Hopi, right, who are members of an terribly marginalized sure. uh, group in this country. And, and who, 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 who are the survivors of a genocide. Indeed. And so you, you kind of want to, like, I don't know, <laughs> protect be them. a little extra nice to them when it comes to what they say is sacred about their culture. Right. Right. I guess and so. so. Like, and so I, I think, you know what, if, if, if they feel that if, if this is just out and out offense, I mean, it's the whole thing about, you know, naming a, a sports team, something like the Redskins. Right. Right. Or here in Utah, the Utes. But I, right? don't, I don't see this as equivalent. What I see, be, again, this is why I really want to know how these masks were attained. Because to me, it's more like, like, for instance, if we went and took your old temple clothes mm-hmm. and the garments that you used to wear mm-hmm. and put them up on face on, on Craigslist right. or put them up on eBay right. or something, there would be a lot of Mormons who would be horrified and who would be hurt and who mm-hmm. would feel like you are desecrating something sacred to them and blah, 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 blah. Right. And I don't give a shit about that. Right. I, about their feelings about that because they're yours. You, you know, you got them fair and square. Well, you would hope that people who view these kind of items as being sacred would sort of have like an expiration date on their or, or some kind of way that they stop being sacred. When they're in the hands of people who view them as sacred, then they're sacred. Right. When they're not. This is what I mean, I'm getting at. What then, I'm getting then, at is that like. Maybe you as a group should be a little less sensitive. Right. And. uh but but to me, it makes a difference if these masks were taken from Hopi Indians while they were, you know, during the genocidal stuff. If that's the case, then by all means, they should be returned. By all means. If there was a Hopi guy who didn't give a shit about his mask that was handed down to him, and he sold it to some other guy, or gave it away, and that's how these masks were attained, then I think that's a different that's a different matter. The auction house says this is from the New York Times article. The uh, auction house says that the that a collector who has not been identified um legally bought the items in the United States at sales and auctions over thirty years, beginning in the nineteen thirties, and that the coming auction complies with French law. See, to me that that, that unless the Hopis produce a claim that's more than just these are sacred to us and you shouldn't sell them. I, I'm I'm not tremendously sympathetic. Historians say that many Hopi artifacts were taken long ago by people who found them unattain- unattended in shrines and on altars oh. along the mesas of the southwest. Others were confiscated by missionaries who came uh, to convert the tribe in the late 19th century. Some were sold by tribe members. But even those sales were not legitimate, Hopi leaders say, because they may have been made under duress and because the tribe holds that an individual cannot hold title to its religious artifacts. They are owned communally. There you go. I mean, so the Hopi would not have given them away. They were sacred to the Hopi. Okay. Well, then, I mean, and in a case like that, 
where it seems fairly clear that 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 these were not uh, somehow transferred legitimately to other to new owners. Yeah, I can. I think they have a case. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, that's it. It is an interesting thing. Uh, it's, can I ask? Was 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 the headline "No Hope for the Hopi"? <laughs> was it Hopiless? Ho- Hopi's hope to <laughs> hop the pond. <laughs> oh, good lord! To no Hopi. Hopelessly. Oh, okay. okay. No, stop. <laughs> nope. Nope. You've taken too long. Hopping. Hop, hop is a good one. Shop. Okay, stop. Just stop. Hopi's hope to hop the hop, shop. Hop on of... pop. Hopi. <laughs> the Hopis should reach out to They the... hope to stop. Hopi's hop. Okay, the pop. write it down and then put it on Facebook or something. <laughs> We're wasting valuable podcasting time. Ones and zeros, people. <laughs> Being wasted. Anyway, um, I'm moving on to... Uh, you know, a lot of our, our show today is about giving, is about mm. uh, uh, how, how and to whom to give. We, we had talked mm. uh, a, a couple weeks ago about um, the Salvation Army mm. and giving to them and how they are a, a religious organization. They are yes. not, they are a religion. They, yes. are, they are not a charity. No. They do charitable work, yes. but they are a religion primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it turns out that but they aren't. S- no, 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 they are. And what I'm what what I wanted to bring up was that you know the, lately I've seen a lot of religious people talking about how much more religious people give to charity mm. than non-religious oh, yeah. people. Yeah, and the you know the statistics seem to bear that out. They that they give a lot more. Well, it turns out that. Of that, the the most of the the polls and the and the the surveys that show that uh-huh. don't differentiate charities from religions. Oh, so if you if you're giving to like your church's general fund, every which time is... you put something in on the pl- collection plate, mm-hmm. you get to say I'm giving to a charity. Mm. Well, you're not, <laughs> Brother Jones. Uh, you're not. Yeah, and perhaps it shouldn't. Giving to a church may not. It shouldn't be tax deductible. Almost three charitable quarters. giving should be. Right. Almost three quarters of charitable giving, quote unquote charitable giving, goes to religious organizations. To keep the heat on. And yeah. The lights on at, Well, at I mean, church. you know, who knows? I mean, a lot of that probably. Pay for the rectory. I'm not going to be disingenuous here. A lot of that probably is used for charitable work. Maybe, but we don't have a, we don't have a delineation of that. Uh, okay, we don't have any way of knowing how much of it is done is for charity oh. and how much of it is. Yeah, just this is a problem. Just paying for their pastor and paying for you know the church the, well, we, the church functions and all of that sort of. Thing. Let's be fair. Most of the giving to a church, and I think I am being fair here. Okay, is going to the upkeep of the institution of the church, right? And not going to uh, feed the homeless. Indeed. That might happen with some of that money. Sure. But I, and again, it's, I, don't, I don't have numbers to base this on, but let's face it. Well, because churches, churches, churches don't have to reveal their numbers. Oh, yeah. This is the problem. Yeah. This is, this is what, one part of the issue. I mean, every, every 501c3 that's not religiously yeah. or, or, uh, oriented, uh, 501c3 being like a, a nonprofit organization. Right. 
uh, has to has to open their books. Yeah, but religious organizations don't. Right. So the the fact that you know a Mormon can can claim that ten percent pl- plus of their income uh-huh. goes to charity is Bullshit. absolutely false. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Now here's the the cool thing about Mormons. Mormons are very strict about their ten percent. They mm-hmm. give they they are they are meant to give ten percent of their income, gross income. Yeah, mind you, right. Um, to the church in tithing. But there's also this other side thing that Mormons are are, are are often expected to do, which is called fast offerings. And that's meant to be once a month, you give up a couple meals, mm-hmm. and then you donate that money to their fast offerings. And that's all charitable, or meant right. to be charitable. Well, I, I believe that money goes to like the Bishop Storehouse program. Right. 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 So it's, it goes it's to feed, the church it's, welfare program. Right. Exactly. So it's feeding other church members. It's not like feeding non-church members but it's still charity yeah. I, I still totally count I, that I count and, that as charity and 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 you know actually the mormons do really well with with welfare yeah it's shocking it's shocking to me how well they do with welfare considering how opposed most of them are to like, like state run welfare right exactly <laughs> their their church run welfare is abundant yeah indeed so but but so i'll grant them the fast offerings but i'm not going to grant them the that that ten percent is charitable donation. No, so no. I I just I just found that fascinating. I thought you know almost two third or rather almost three quarters. It's seventy three percent of 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 quote unquote charitable giving in the United States of America goes to religious organizations. Wow. So yeah, your religious people are giving a lot more to charity, unless. You actually you parse actually it out. Look at no, they're paying so they can belong to a church. Right. Yeah. They're paying dues to belong to an organization. Yeah. So and that's what it should be. And I wish our tax uh, system actually, you know, tax code actually reflected that. I mean, maybe there's hope in in the near future. I mean, that that judge we talked about this last week, I think, mm-hmm. um, finding that uh, the, the, the 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 housing deduction or housing credit or whatever right. whatever it is that, that that pastors are able to take that that that's unconstitutional yeah you know so maybe some of this can be rooted out but yeah churches should not be able to just run on government subsidy which they currently do which they currently do uh, they they don't pay any taxes they get free money mm-hmm. and then and, and then they just and their get members to... all get the benefit of having given right that when yeah. it's tax time exactly which they shouldn't they're paying dues to belong to something. Yep, it's a, it's a, and and you know if if they were doing it right, I mean most of these religious organizations do charitable work. So it, there should be different things. If you yeah. donate to the charity side of it, do a little line item on your do donations. A, do a do line items, and 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 these organizations should have to dis- separate out their money. Yeah, organizational money. Charitable money, yeah. two totally different things. If you give to one, you're not giving to the other. Right. And then I'm fine with them having tax deductions and all that stuff for the charitable side. Right. It's great. It's easy. Yeah. Problem solved. Exactly. Right now, here on TGIA, <laughs> we, we are solving problems. In the purple room. Saving saving lives here, people. <laughs> that That is our goal. <laughs> all right. Well, you know uh, how down at BYU... We've talked about this before. The, br- the Brigham Young University. Brigham Young University. It's owned by the uh, Mormon Church. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, sort of um, 
there I don't know if it's known widely, but it's definitely known here in Utah and among certain circles. Um, no caffeinated beverages are officially sold on campus by the university. Right. Right. Um, they they make it a point to right. make sure that ca- that if, the- if you go to the Cougar Eat. Yes, exactly. In, in, in the Wilkie. In, in the Wilkinson Center. <laughs> uh, you will not be able to... You'll, you can get Coke, but it's caffeine-free Coke. Right. Caffeine-free Diet Coke, and so forth and so on. Um, the local bottler here <laughs> is willing to do that for them. Right. Um, and so, um, anyways, there was some hubbub last year um, that that led to... Um, the, 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 the university actually having to make a statement on the, f- on the reason why, right? Oh. And, uh, that, 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 they, that they don't, it has, no- it's nothing to do doctrinally, right? This is when the church actually, yeah, the church had to and- come out because most, because most Mormons were assuming that there was some, some sort of unspoken rule that you're not allowed to have caffeine. A lot were, because let's face it. Salt Lake City runs on Diet Coke, right? Well, I, but it's—I mean, it was—it was—it was based on the idea that coffee and tea were out, and why would coffee and tea be out? Right. Well, they have caffeine, right? And more, or yeah. something. So anyway, so the church officially says there's never been anything about just caffeine. We don't drink coffee and tea. Mm. That's what the Word of Wisdom is talking about. Okay. But then Brigham Young University obviously didn't. So everybody was like, "Oh, well, what is Brigham Young University going to do? Are they going to change? Are they going to start selling?" caffeinated beverages right you know on campus and the official statement came out that uh there's there's just no demand <laughs> for caffeine on this campus and that is why <clears throat> byu food services has, n- has has never offered it right nobody wants it right because no one needs nobody who's a college student right. would ever want caffeine never what never. could they do with a drug that would keep them awake well, this November, a group of nine industrious BYU, enterprising BYU <laughs> students, have uh, uh, filed uh, or have started the company um, Caffeine on Campus. They have a website, caffeineoncampus.com, oh. um, where you can go to order a caffeinated <laughs> beverage to be delivered to you wherever you are. On BYU's campus. Oh my God! So you can, and, and they, they're they're keeping they they have like Coke, Diet Coke, and I don't know what else, but like, um, uh, still and, no and coffee. Like, uh, yeah, well they're they're not going to do that, right? Um, and then like Dr Pepper, but they don't have like Diet Dr Pepper. Oh. It's a fairly limited selection <laughs> at the at the moment. Um, but what's fascinating is that. It's the success of these students are going to expose BYU's. Right. Um, are they successful? Yeah. Is it working? Well, yeah. Because I'm people just are imagining, because, you know, <clears throat> there's a delivery fee, unfortunately. Right. So there's a pretty good markup on this stuff. Right. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, there, there are grocery stores around the campus. But it is also a large campus. Yes, it is. Right. And so if you're if you're on foot, if you're walking yeah. and you can't get to something. And they, the, there's uh, a student that they talked to in, in this article that I read um, who talks about how he'll be studying in, in the library mm. and he hits a wall. And so he takes a walk to the to the to a gas station that's just off of campus. Sure. Um, and uh, and so clearly this is already something the students are doing, whether or not that student is going to you know, actually, do they order? Do online. the students openly drink the caffeine in front of everybody? I I think 
I don't think there could possibly actually be a taboo amongst the students. I mean, I was there. Nobody cared. People had like real Coke. Did they? In their fridge and whatnot. Oh. Like we weren't, it, it, there wasn't a real prohibition against it. And everybody, even then back in the 90s, thought it was silly huh. that, that the cougary just would not have stock <laughs> regular Coke and Diet Coke. Oh, uh, they're so dumb. They're so dumb. So the the fact that you can start a business delivering something that's readily yeah. available <laughs> just because it's so because everything's so weird on that campus. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's kind of crazy. Okay. Stupid BYU. Well, there you go. If you have uh, any questions about if you need caffeine delivered to you, <laughs> you can email us. You can re- get in touch with us. Uh, we have many ways. One of the ways you can email us, you can call, you can write uh, to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Right. Or you can, uh, you can go to the Facebook page, like us there. We just, we just uh, barely broke a thousand. We finally Woo-hoo. have more than Thanks, a thousand McKenzie, likes. for all your work on that. I know. Helping so us get there. Go to, go to facebook.com slash TGI Atheist and uh, you'll find us there. Yeah. A lot of fun conversations happening. Yes, indeed. All right. We are going to listen to um, some audio from one Mr. Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. getting into the Christmas season as only as only he can do. <laughs> into the holiday season yes. as only Bill O'Reilly can. <laughs> Over the years, we've taken on the role of protecting the federal holiday of Christmas. As you know, there are some Americans who are offended by any reference to Jesus Christ. And that's what the USA celebrates on December 25th, the birth of the baby Jesus. Now, everything was swell up until about 10 years ago when creeping secularism and pressure groups like the ACLU began attacking the Christmas holiday. They demanded, demanded the word Christmas be removed from advertising and public displays, and many people caved into that. So now we have the happy holidays syndrome. What is interesting this year is that Hanukkah will be over on Thursday. So there are no more holidays between then and Christmas Day. It's just Christmas if you want to invoke happy. Bad news for the secular progressives. And then there's Macy's, a company that I generally like because it supports wounded warriors. But this year, they're touting Santa Claus, who will help you, quote, with your holiday wish list. So here's my question to Macy's. What holiday is Santa celebrating? (laughs) Winter solstice? The birthday of a reindeer? What? On the national front, there are three primary culprits seeking to diminish Christmas. The most aggressive is the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which routinely threatens to sue small towns and school districts if they dare utter the word Christmas or allow choirs to sing carols in public schools. The irony is that nobody's bothering the atheists. They are free to celebrate whatever they want to celebrate. They are free not to believe, and they are free to snicker at anybody who does believe. That's not good enough for these people. They want to banish any mention of Jesus in the public square. They are the oppressors. The Christmas spirit people are just upholding a nice tradition. So why are we allowing anti-Christmas madness? Poll last year showed 
47% of Americans believe there is a war at Christmas. 40% do not. 13% are confused. So once again this year, I will keep an eye on that. Oh, Bill. Uh, the problem with this poll <laughs> is I would have said, yes, there's a war on Christmas. <laughs> Of course there is. I acknowledge. I don't think there's a I war on Christmas. I may not call it the war on Christmas, but there are efforts to do what they're saying is being done, which well, is removing Christmas from the public. From the public from sphere. From the public sphere. But that doesn't mean a not, war against Christmas. That means a war against a, a, against a religious public sphere. That's a very different thing. Alan Fine with it being called the war on Christmas. <laughs> Does it get them all riled up? You, yeah. just, you, just, want to, you just want him to go on more rants. Well, because he can rant. It's so cute when he oh. rants. You're such a cute ranter, Bill. Yeah, so, yeah, so <laughs> atheists, are, atheists are ruining Christmas once again. And, it, yeah. you know, it's ironic because we can truly celebrate whatever we want to. I know. Nobody's trying to stop us from celebrating Nobody. all of Nobody. our maybe they need secular to, holidays. Maybe somebody should get on that. Although, he seems to discount the idea of... Uh, of um, what solstice being a holiday? Yeah, that that's a problem because there are other holidays. There are other holidays. It's well, not just the Jews and Christians in this what, country, what about dude. Kwanzaa, which I yeah. think is also a made-up holiday, but but you, you can't account it. Human light. Hu- yeah. There's human light. What about Festivus? That that one is made up. Yeah. Well, they're all made up at some point. So, oh yeah, that's true. I mean, what would be, be fascinating is in a few hundred years when people are like, so how did, Fe- like, what is the founding of Festivus? And they're like, well, it started on a sitcom. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, there was a television show. The popular had, entertainment of the time. They used to have this thing called television. And one of, their, one of the high priests of their, of their television was a man named Seinfeld. Who, anyway. All hail Seinfeld. <laughs> Have anyway. you have you familiarized with yourself with the sacred scripts of Seinfeld? <laughs> oh yes, I'm very. <laughs> can I just say, Seinfeld scripts? What's the deal with those? <laughs> What's the deal with those? <laughs> <laughs> May peace be with you, and also with you. And what's the deal with peace? With peace <laughs> being upon you. <laughs> the Seinfeld religion. Oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> They're gonna. Archaeologists are gonna find uh. Seinfeld and be like, and then in the twentieth century they worshipped a man, a Jewish man. Anyway, another Jew who founded a world religion. <sighs> it just keeps happening. <laughs> These Jewish offshoot religions. <laughs> they're just... They're everywhere. Uh, oh. All right, we've got some uh, correspondence. Yeah, people uh, people wrote to us and they, they they voicemailed us. Should we just sort of go back and forth Let's voicemail? Let's do back and, and forth. And, I like back and forth, okay. yes. Um, why don't you start with a voicemail? Okay, and, I've, uh, I've and got voicemails. I'll, I'll be able to I piggyback off I have of to it. admit, I wasn't fully... Why don't you read an email? Because okay. I don't have them... I was going to start getting them. Okay. Load it up. So here's a, here's so here's a, an email. Um, we so we put out a call. We were talking about anti-Semitism, if you'll recall, mm-hmm. uh, which we may have just displayed, by the way, a little bit when we were talking about were Jews we? and offshoot religions. No, not really. I don't think no. so. Anyway, uh, there's nothing malicious in our anti-Semitism. No. But we put out a call for people to try to explain to us what the root of anti-Semitism is. Where right. where the hell did this shit come from? Because it goes back centuries. And it was just really hard to figure it out. 
Uh, and we, we asked, because we had gotten, you'll recall, a, 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 an email from uh, Rabbi Gruber, who's mm. a secular rabbi now, but used to right. be Orthodox. And right. we said, hey, what about you? And he wrote to us. He did write to us. Um, <laughs> he said, he said, why is there anti-Semitism? Starting with the easy questions, huh? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> We're not into small talk, Rabbi Gruber. Come on. Um, he's, <laughs> he says that he wonders if hatred of Jews is really fundamentally different from the other types of prejudice and hatred. He, uh, he has been, it has been more widespread and has a longer history than other hatreds, but is it really all that different? There seems to be an innate evolutionary need to have an us and a them. One mm. of the first things my ancestors did, after all, when, when they coalesced as a people in the Canaanite central highlands, is to decide on who the other was. It was not enough that they were the Israelites. Their neighbors in the, on the Mediterranean coast had to be the Canaanites, others, the uncircumcised, etc. Hmm. So I thought that that was an interesting thing. There is a sort of tribalism element to it, an element of just... They don't they're, belong. They're, it's not that they're them. It's that they're not us. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. It's 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 not who they are, but rather they're not usness that we're concerned about. Right, and they well, and uh, sort of. I, I want to phrase this the right way: the fact that that so many members of the Jewish community uh, don't assimilate when they when they join another nation right right when they when they go to another country they hold on to their traditions indeed which a lot of those traditions also make them stand out and we had a few other people write in and say say stuff to that effect whereas other immigrant groups i mean have have largely assimilated i mean no there is no there's also reason for that i know that that uh they were largely not allowed to assimilate in much of europe uh Mm, when, when when they first went in and so they and I and I also know things like, you know, they were allowed to do things that Christians weren't allowed to do. So, for instance, if you needed a loan, for the longest time you had to go to uh to a Jew because Christians weren't allowed uh it was it was it was taboo within Christianity right. to usury was, to to, yeah. to lend. Right. Uh probably also not great to borrow, but people needed to do it anyway to right. to conduct business. So you'd go to a Jew, but then all but then everybody would look down on the Jews who were lending. At the at the same moment that they're borrowing from these guys, they would also look down on them for doing something uh, sinful. Right. Like, yeah, it's like going to a prostitute and being and just like the whole time, like shame on you, young lady. Now I'm sure you wouldn't be the first. Right. Exactly. Right. That's I mean, true. That's what probably some of the Johns are getting off on. The 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 this this person is a sinner that they can look down on this person that they're participating in the sin sure. with. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just about. So I mean, there's that. There's uh, there's just so much to it. We got so many emails about it. One that I did want to mention from Wendy uh, said that that um, because I had said I wanted to back off of the word anti-Semitism because Semitic people include Arabs as well as Jews, right? And she very correctly uh, pointed out to me that uh, yeah, but what the word has come to mean is Uh, just if you look it up in the dictionary, hatred of Jews. Well, I mean, I think you'll find more than just one definition in the dictionary. Right, but, but what's always important with any definition is the first definition, and I, because I did, I looked it up. Yeah, and and so and it's, in, it's in the about the Jewish in community. the in the common lexicon, it's certainly about Jewish people. So yes, I I was I was being silly on that one. Uh, she also pointed pointed out that uh, she, the thing is that she I mean she goes back and sort of talks about 
persecution, notable in- instances of Jewish persecution that go all the way back to, you know, the first crusade in 1096 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the expulsion from England in 1290. And mm. like there's there there are instances of it that go back thousands of years. Yeah. Well, of course, I think those that's inst- what we were sort of marveling about. Right. It's how sort of through time, how this one group keeps getting picked out. Right. Right. And, and it, that, that was sort of the, the, the crux of like and, and our sense of like not feeling any uh animosity toward the jewish community ourselves no and just being baffled yeah. by the whole thing yeah the whole thing and just not knowing and you know we had one one guy write in and talk about you know the fact that there's there are different like when we say jew we could mean a number of things we could mean you know someone who is uh sort of racially or or you know from from this group of people i wouldn't who descends con- from jews who descends from from yeah from people from the middle east mm-hmm. who are of of a lineage and yeah, it is, I, mean, I don't know that it's a race but at very least it's it, there, it, it there is difficult a... when you start looking at other groups like the ashkenazi and mm-hmm. so forth and so on like right. there are, there are european jews who are not semitic right uh, to use your definition sure of so i mean so i think that that's problematic i think i but it but it does muddy the water a little bit that there's that there are also people you know we had one person write into us and say that you know she was from uh from um she or she lives in in england now and she she's from the u.s she's jewish by uh heritage Mm -hmm. um though she's an atheist now and she said that she uh you know she encounters a lot of anti-semitism in the form of anti-israel to which i my thought is you know what israel as a country acts like a bunch of dicks a lot. And if I can't criticize how Israel is acting towards right. like the Palestinians or whatever, the, the, the without policies... being accused of being anti-Jewish, right. there's a huge problem. A pro- that is a problem. Because the policies and actions of a nation are, yeah. are totally different. Those are political, and you can see the differences between a government. Hopefully you know the differences between a government and its people. Right. And Indeed. the people who live in that nation. Right. Well, and even even like the people of that nation... A lot of them, you know, you you look at how these a lot of these Jewish quote unquote settlers act when they when they go in and they settle an area of the Gaza Strip or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they you know they cut down the the olive orchards of the Palestinians who were there who've been right. there for forever, whatever. Right, and they you know they they they're they're acting horrifically. Right, they're trying to commit a I I, I won't say the word genocide, but they're 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 committing atrocities against a group of people. That's not because they're Jewish. Right. I mean, their religion gets muddled into the political uh, it's conflict. It's incredibly complicated. And, right. And difficult to distill those things out. Right. But my willingness to criticize Israel mm-hmm. is not anti-Semitism. No, absolutely not. And, so, and, and I think, that, I think that, that that gets muddled in there. And I wonder it, it, how— it, But how, I think it's very important for people to always make the distinction between governments and people. Indeed. Because, like, I mean, let's face it. I mean, a really easy thing that I hope most Americans can, can agree with, no matter your political affiliation, is um, the fact that we see our, gov- our government do foreign policy stuff that mortifies us. And so we end up voting for the other guy. Right. And then we vote for the other guy. And we vote for the other guy. But it doesn't matter. The government just keeps doing shit right. internationally. Right. And so, like, so I th- that, that I don't think happened democratically mm-hmm. <laughs> right you, you know what i mean like the people don't necessarily support these things but 
They just keep happening. Or a lot of the people do. A lot of the people <clears throat> might. But the, but I mean that's but not. That's but, why it's important to know the difference between a government and and the people that live right. in, in a in a nation. Well, and also important to know the difference between a culture mm-hmm. and a religion. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. also the difference, you know, and and so. I, but the problem is that it is. I mean, the problems in in Israel and in. Uh, you know the Palestinian territories and, and all of that is is the reason it's so intractable is because all of this stuff is mush, mushed together. Yeah, it's great. Religion, culture, politics are mess. all squished into the mess. same thing. It's a it's, messy, messy mess. It's a damned mess. Anyway, and who 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 can even who even knows the solution? <laughs> well, every American president knows the solution, yeah, and then until they work. try to do something right. about it. Anyway, go on. Do we have a voicemail? Oh, yeah, we do have a voicemail. Let me pull it up. Oh, uh, this is, uh, oh, I like this one. This, this is uh, a response to the Philadelphia story about the temple. Yeah, we talked about how guys who are working on the temple in Philadelphia don't, uh, aren't allowed to have coffee and aren't supposed to swear on the work site. And we thought that, that uh, while they're building it. So we thought that was funny. And I postulated that bad things might happen. And here's a response Hey, Frank and Dan, this is Brian. I was just calling in. Uh, you about your podcast last week. Uh, you were talking about the new Mormon temple in Philadelphia and mentioned that there will probably be some graffiti inside the walls. And I just wanted to confirm that. Um, I grew up Mormon and grew up in North Carolina. And when the North Carolina Raleigh Temple was about to be dedicated, I was part of the group that helped clean the temple, get get the uh, all the construction junk out of there so that they could have the open house. And one of the places that I ended up was in the attic areas and the various places that no one ever goes in the temple. And I saw lots of graffiti. I'm talking swear words, fuck and shit and hell and all sorts of things, and then detailed drawings of buxom ladies being pounded from behind and it was very surprising for my uh at that at the time teen and very believing self so just wanted to let you know that there will definitely be graffiti inside the walls and in the attic of the uh temple there <laughs> oh my god well we we can only hope Oh, I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, it. There's something. I mean, what are these construction doers? Like, like they clearly don't like the Mormons, right? But they'll Why take the they? money. Yeah, of course they will. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I do, uh, I do love that thought. Uh, that's great. And and to have it confirmed that it, we know that it's happened somewhere. Yeah, that's nice. That's what we needed. That's what we needed so to hear. I would. I, I I suppose. I mean, I. I I, I kind of wonder what Brian did. Did he report it? Did he like? Did, they, did they get buckets of paint and paint the right. entrance of the attic to right. make it sure that it was all covered? I mean, oh, like poor little Brian. He was so he must have been traumatized. Oh my goodness! Little Mormon young men are not prepared for this sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anyone do that to the temple? Oh boy! I love to sing. <laughs> yeah, start singing. Sing a hymn, Elder. Um. I uh I I got an e- we got an email from Ryan who said uh that he is a a 40 40-year-old 40 ex-Mormon 
who's been an atheist for about 20 years. Over the past few weeks, uh, you guys, meaning us, have talked about religious parenting, or, or sorry, religious parents choosing to forego medical treatment and just pray for their sick children to be healed. Hmm. About five years ago, I was in need of a kidney transplant. My kidney function hmm. was down to below 5%, Jesus. and I was just a couple of weeks away from dialysis. When my very large, very devout Mormon family found out about my problem, I received a lot of nonsense like, quote, we are praying for you, from my 50-plus first cousins and aunts and uncles. Uh, my brother and sister were not blood matches, he says. Hmm. It was my atheist cousin. It was my atheist cousin who went and got tested and then donated his kidney to me. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. <clears throat> then the rest of them claimed credit by saying it was an answer to prayer. <laughs> this is not quite the same thing as uh, parents of sick children refusing medical treatment and choosing to leave it in God's hands, but it is similar. Religious people get to feel like they are actively participating e and even helping by doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I just, well, I, that, because of their prayers, that cousin was a match. See? God and works God, in mysterious ways. And God was more willing to risk an atheist uh, uh, clearly. <laughs> than yeah. one of his good Christian flock, mm -hmm. one of his good Mormon flock. Yeah. To save an atheist. Isn't that amazing? God, wow. I mean, you know, I've seen that in my life. I've seen a whole bunch of Mormons sitting around praying and like me being the only one who stands up and goes, hey, how about doing a thing? Yeah. How about we try something? Hmm. So, Action. Yeah. Action. All That's right. all you need. Yeah. Thanks for writing in, Ryan. All right. Uh, a, uh, a caller uh, now has a suggestion for okay. us. Hello, Daniel and Franklin again. This is Alina from Texas. Um, I wanted to let you guys know, happy Thanksgivinga holiday Jewish Kwanzaanish. Um, I have, I'm taking an Intro to World Religions course, and for extra credit, we could go to any type of religious service and write a paper on it. So for fun, I chose the Unitarian Church. Um, I went into it really knowing nothing except for when they make fun of the Unitarians on Prairie Home Companion. Um, and I have to say, I was delighted. I was surprised. Um, they're so smart. They talk about philosophy. They don't forbid religion, and they don't reference any religion. And I just wanted to suggest maybe if you're in the mood for a future church review, I know it's the holidays, you might be roped into going to a different type of church service, um, check out the Unitarians. I grew up uh, in a church similar to you two fine folks, and um, I miss the sense of community. And I really think that atheists, who are thinkers, philosophical, logical, but appreciate like-minded people and the community that a church gives um, can benefit from a Unitarian church. And I want to go again, and I suggest you guys check it out. Have a good one. Well, thanks, Alina. Yeah. The, uh, I just want to go to a church where people believe something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mom used to love the joke about... The only time Jesus Christ is said in a Unitarian church is when the Jewish janitor slips and hits his knee or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know. You know, I've, I've been to Unitarian church many times. Uh, hmm. My my ex-wife used to used to be a paid singer at for the Unitarian choir. Really? So I would go uh, and 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 see the services there. And I did think it was nice. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that I like about Unitarian church a lot. What's that? Is that like um a, a lot of other major major religions unitarian pastors are expected to go and get a, a doctorate of theology oh, wow 
and are expected to have really studied and and not just theology but they also study sort of the giving of sermons you know these mm. guys are good hmm. they know what they're doing right they can craft a really nice message and they're, they're going to invoke thoreau and they're going to invoke you know poetry and they're going to invoke mm-hmm. uh they're they're going to invoke a whole lot of really um powerful stuff and most of it's not going to be religion but if they bring religion in it's with good reason right. it's because you know the bible does have some nice things to say amidst all of the bullshit and you know they're going to they're going to draw that out and they're right. going to but they're going to parse it with honesty and so i liked it hmm. the only the reason the reason that i didn't like it the, or the reason that i stopped going to unitarians cuz i wasn't going there for church it was but it was nice to have a a nice philosophical message right uh, you know the the one here the <laughs> <You're>... <clears throat> I don't know I'll just do that too the the uh, Unitarian Church here in Salt Lake City I stopped going because he was getting really political the uh, the, oh, was the pastor was getting I mean about local issues this was sort of around the time when uh, the Mormon Church took over a section of Main Street oh. and cut it off to traffic and they were yeah. fighting that because. Right. The Mormon Church did not pay a, a commensurate amount of money for for that chunk of Main Street. They right. just took it over, and the the. Uh, well, I thought it was the nature of the deal wasn't the. They, they paid right. They paid some, but they like paid, it's not they gave, what they it, gave the city some land in return for it. Yeah, but I mean, I think everybody agreed that it was not. Uh, I think the main issue was that they were shutting down a part of Main Street. Yes, indeed. I mean, traffic downtown. Around that part of downtown now, right? It's a, it's a nightmare to drive yeah. through there. So, so this is a so I, you know I that was my only real objection was that he sort of assumed that everybody was very liberal and on his side about everything. And I bet ninety nine percent of the people there were indeed, but it still bothers me. But when you weren't. I was on his side. I agreed with him. It just bothered me that he was getting so political. Uh, I just didn't. I I don't care if you agree with me or not. I just care that like. There's it, a time and a place. There's a time and a place. It didn't belong there. It was inappropriate. I thought so. And Dan Beecher put his feet, his foot down. By leaving. <laughs> anyway, I have no objection to uh, Unitarians, though. It's yeah. an interesting place. I'll tell you what. Go there for Christmas because it is hilarious to watch them try and wriggle around Jesus. <laughs> it is delightful. Like, you, you're singing all the songs that you grew up with, but there are sl- small changes in the right. wording. Literally, you're like, you open the hymn book, and it's joy to the world, the word is come. Oh. You're like, really? What word? Yeah. What word is that? Is the word Jesus? Is that the word? No? Okay. Lord. <laughs> is the word Lord? It was easy, though. They were able to just erase one letter. Oh, no. And they, put in another. Yeah. They had to, they had, like, you get your hands on a Unitarian <laughs> hymn book, because, and just go go straight for the Christian, or for the Christmas ones, uh-huh. and you will just see them. Sometimes they leave Jesus in. Sometimes they take him out. They are struggling. I love poor, it. Poor guys. I love it. Anyway. All right. We have one more voicemail. Okay. Um, and uh, this we're this is a little bit longer of a voicemail than we typically play. But it is so well stated. And, and the thing is, we received a, last week we talked about being thankful as mm-hmm. atheists. Yes. And to whom are we being thankful? Yes. In the context of Thanksgiving. In, exactly. And, and uh, we got and a we, ton. A lot of, of people responded, and this voicemail sort of encapsulated all the thoughts in a very nice way. Right. 
and uh, and so we we figured we would just play the whole thing. So yep. here we go. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is Thane calling you again. Uh, appreciate the opportunity that you give for us to respond. You asked the question of uh, who or what we should be thankful to uh, during the last podcast, and, and I had some pretty strong thoughts about this. Uh, like you, I don't feel the need to be thankful towards uh, any particular deity or metaphysical um, object, but uh, when I say that, I, what I'm really thankful for um, it's a very it's a multi-layered thing. First of all, it starts with uh, I'm just thankful for the opportunities that have been presented by my immediate family, by my parents and my siblings, who uh, who have brought me up and raised me and provided an op- uh, an environment which has given me the opportunities to do the things that uh, that I get to do. Uh, in obviously in a a country and in a part of the world, and, and with the social status that uh, allows me so many different opportunities. And then I, I guess I extend that back to my ancestors, going all the way back, who provided those opportunities to my parents uh, and, and to my grandparents and, and on. And then that extends, obviously, to the community. Uh, you know, we, we live in a, in a nation where people generally respect the rule of law, and they provide opportunities for us simply by being good people and by following uh, the, the uh, social contract that we have, which which helps us all enjoy these opportunities. And this goes all the way back, of course, to the Founding Fathers. And as an added bonus, many of them were skeptical in nature, like Thomas Paine and Thomas Jefferson, uh, those uh, who established a nation with principles that gave us these opportunities. Um, and finally, uh, going all the way back to our Homo sapiens ancestors and our pre-Homo sapiens ancestors who had the ingenuity and who underwent suffering and who came out with uh, triumphant uh, to bring us here today. And, and then finally, that extends all the way to the earth itself. And not in a worshiping way, I'm definitely not a druid uh, or anything like that, but just for the bounty and the things that were provided. So when I say I'm thankful, it's like the entirety of my existence. and. Um, so what I mean when I say I'm thankful for something, and, and I don't direct it to an individual, what I mean is that entire existence. And, and perhaps uh, that's what you feel as well when you're saying you're thankful too, and the discomfort comes from not being able to um, focus that in on one being. Uh, but now that I'm an atheist, uh, I'm not restricted to thanking just one being. I'm, I'm allowed to be thankful to everything and to all the individuals who have been a part of my life and whose existence led to mine. Anyway, thought I'd share. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Thane. Thank you. We're thankful for Thane <laughs> for, uh, for encapsulating so well yeah. the, the, uh, the, the views of so many. Yeah. Uh, we, although, Thane, you missed one. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you had so many le- levels of thankfulness, mm. but we had one person write in and say that they would thank the Big Bang for oh. creating all of existence. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Big Bang. Thing, you only went as far as the Earth. Yeah. It goes so much deeper. It's, there's, <laughs> there's more than just the Earth. <laughs> Clearly. Anyway, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Thane. Um, uh, wonderfully said. So. In, indeed, indeed. I, I, and just on that on that note, I will do. I will say, uh, pull something out of one email from Shane in in Texas, who okay. said. Uh, and this comes from his Chinese wife. He says, China, uh, being an atheist country, has interpreted Thanksgiving as, quote, Appreciation Day. Mm-hmm. The holiday mostly centers around children thanking and giving gifts to their parents as a way of thanking them for giving them life. 
Friends will thank each other for their friendship, and employees will thank their bosses for jobs. Uh, it is a time for people to thank people. Um, it also includes uh, involves a large meal. However, turkey is less common, so meals include goose, duck, chicken, or pork. Fantastic. Yeah. Which wow. my sister I did, I learned. I didn't know that the the Chinese did that. No, I didn't know that either. My sister did learn about the uh, the the turkey thing though when she was teaching English in China, uh-huh. and she couldn't figure out how to teach them the word turkey, so she just ended up using the Chinese word uh, words for American chicken. <laughs> I thought that's KFC. Well, which there are plenty of. Yes, indeed. So. Well, thanks everybody for uh, for all of your stuff. If we didn't get to your particular thing, please don't be offended. We still love you anyway. <laughs> As we move on, um, well, uh, the, in line with sort of this thankfulness and the oh, season that's right. that we're, we we're going to do a in, thing, I just wanted to. Um, we had a, a ton of wonderful responses on Facebook a few weeks ago. Um, when, um, we, when we posed the question as part of a, a Sunday survey and by we, I mean, McKinsey, um, <laughs> um, sh- she posted, uh, do you know a charity worthy of our listeners, um, hard earned money that is not religiously affiliated? Mm. Um, and, uh, there were a, a, a ton of responses and I thought that, um, because I mean, there are now a thousand likes on Facebook, but that. Uh, we we have more listeners. We have a lot more than than than, 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 that, than yeah. that. And so we figured it might be good to uh, just kind of mention them on the show, uh, some of these on the show, and uh, and get that out there. Um, Heidi mentions uh, the Detroit Forgotten Harvest, mm. um, which uh, rescued over uh, forty five point five million pounds of food by collecting surplus. That's nice. That's fantastic. Uh, Kiva is pretty amazing. Says Audrey. Um, how do you spell that? That's K I V A, okay. and I believe it's dot org. Um, and there are different teams there that you can join for uh, giving. Um, and so there's like an atheist, agnostic, skeptics, free thinkers, um, giving team. team. I believe that's how it works. Sure. Um, then there is uh, let's see, next on the list, a number um, of people mentioned Doctors Without Borders. Doctors Without Borders. I think that that's a great a great group to give to yes indeed um a lot of people mentioned some animal um giving places um good the the ones on the list that i was familiar with that i can kind of uh vouch for um best friends Mm. um which is absolutely fantastic um it's located in southern utah the main best friends but i believe they've gotten pretty big in the western united states now they're a no-kill facility um, of course, the uh, ASPCA, um, if you are concerned about animals, right. those are good places to give. Um, I, I will say, Barbara did mention uh, Piggy Poo, which is Arizona's uh, little guinea pig rescue. I, I'm sorry. Make, do, not make fun of the, <laughs> do not make fun of the guinea pigs, Dan. Sorry, I just don't care. <laughs> Am I bad? Okay, Am uh, I a bad person? Stop. <laughs> people care about animals. Uh, they do care about you know, animals. I, I and there I are a lot of different ways to to care about the uh, care about animals. Right. And humans mistreat animals, and so people feel you know feel adopting bad about that. from your local humane society rather than finding a puppy at a puppy farm. Which you recently I did. Recently did. I have a little dog now. <laughs> How was uh, it? By the way, oh Milo is doing great. <laughs> little Milo. A little. Uh, we we've determined that he is most likely. Um, a Chihuahua Italian Greyhound mix. 
Oh, a Chihuahua hound. Uh huh. Or an, a Mexican greyhound, as I like to <laughs> call it. Um, and anyways, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Um, there's foundationbeyondbelief.org that was mentioned. Yeah, and they do. They actually do some really interesting work, and they're specifically none. They're like, like they're specifically. Clearly, their 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 goal is to be out and proud about their non religious affiliation which is fantastic which i think is cool um and then robert uh sent us an email um about a, an, an organization that he's volunteered with in texas called casa that stands for um court appointed special advocates um they work with children removed from their homes uh, by child protective services right and so instead of somebody from child protective services being the advocate for that child and just them being and, another and case having, number in the... absolutely maybe 30 cases that they're working on at the time he says um as a as a as a casa volunteer they actually just take on one case right it's great and so that sounds absolutely amazing and that, he also brought up um something about uh, just foster care in general sure. and w wonderful ways of of giving um your resources yeah um in in a way that you know exactly how it's being given indeed. in that case yeah so. indeed uh there are many more suggestions on the facebook page you can feel free to go and look those up yourself and see uh see what other people are donating to yeah absolutely and uh and and uh, we we'd like to thank everybody who uh who helped us out in in tracking some of these places down yeah for sure so uh yeah okay moving right along did we have any donors we did have some donors we needed to thank them yeah. uh we got uh matt uh who gave us a one-time donation thank you and matt. janice who is now a monthly subscriber well, thank you janice both of them uh are are have chosen to give some of their giving dollars to help make this podcast a thing that can continue to happen. Yeah. So uh, any, if you guys want to do the same, you can go to thankgodimatheist.com and find the donate, the, the, the support, support link yeah. on the right side of the screen. Absolutely. All right. Well, cool. All right. Well, um, we said at the beginning of the show that we were going to talk a little bit about um, gays and – well, actually – Gays and atheists. But what this is actually in response to, I came across this article um, on, uh, actually, it's a, more of a blog entry um, at the Religion News Service. Right. Um, they they have a lot of bloggers. And this is from uh, Chris Stedman. Mm. And that's a name that's come up on the show yeah. before. He's, we we um, are aware of Chris. He's the assistant humanist chaplain at Harvard University yeah. and also the coordinator of human... I'm sorry, humanist life for the Yale humanist community. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of the, the faithiest right. guy. Yes. Right? Um, and he uh, has, well, the, the, the article of the, or the title of this, of this blog uh, entries is, uh, Atheism, Atheism is not the, quote, new gay marriage or the new anything else. And he is responding in particular to um, a Bill Maher comment um, that uh, he said that we hear a lot from from other atheists as well, uh, where Bill Maher said, uh, atheists are out there. They're thinking it. They're just not or they're just afraid to say it. But that's changing. He said it'll be the new gay marriage. Right. He also posts another quote from uh, from Todd Stiefel. Mm -hmm. uh, who said, I consider myself working on the next civil civil equality movement, 
just like women's rights, LGBT rights, and African-American civil rights. And he takes umbrage. He does. With um, the equating of the movement that we currently see atheists involved in in this country um, and comparing that to, to uh, these any other, other movement. Right. Um, but specifically, he's a little bothered about the whole gay one. Oh, he's positively bristling. He is just bristling at this notion. <laughs> and he goes through and he breaks it down and he talks about things like um, hate crimes. That the, the gay community sees tons of, of, of crime, violence right. directed toward uh, its members. Sure. Whereas the atheist community doesn't, in, at least in this country, again, really experience violence. Uh, right. Atheists are able to really blend in. Right, and way and, more than even. Like, and while while uh, atheist billboards are almost certainly going to be uh, spray painted upon, sure, uh, sure, or do, you know, well, well the, the defacing of things atheist is a common thing, and you'll definitely see um, comments on on I'm you know on, on on the website or on on anybody's website out on you know on if it's oh, like yeah. atheist whatever, there's going to be you know potential for death threats or threats of violence or right. anything like that so there there is a sense of or like, just get out of our country's sort yeah, of hostility there's hostility sure a lot of it and uh and so definitely the atheist community experiences sort of i think that sense that we may not always be safe to be fully open and of course with families uh, and friends some people might feel or the workplace they might feel uh unsafe in that way right, right. That, that, that that there's a threat of um, ostr- you know, being ostracized right. or of, um, you know, losing your job. Yeah. You can, you could lose your job. You can lose your family. You can lose all sorts of things by coming out as atheist. He seems he's, but I mean, what's the crux of his, of, of, of his, uh, well, his, objection? the crux of his whole objection from what I read is that they, that the experience is not the same. That the experience is not equal. So to say that it is the next uh, gay marriage, that the atheist movement sort of represents this next step right. in our in our in our society in our culture of of acceptance and and whatnot, that that's not that that's not that's not fair. That's not right. Right. You know. He, and he says he says uh, personally speaking, I rarely fear for my safety as an atheist in the U.S., but I frequently do as a queer person. Right. So, but so, I don't think that you have to, in order to be the next thing, I don't think you have to be just like the thing that came before. Right. I think this is our problem is, is that uh, when we, we both, you and I read this, it, our, I think our response was like, y- yeah, but if, if the only way that we get to compare the, you know, these two movements is if they're exactly the same. Right. Well, then nothing is like anything. Right. Well, I've been in the room before when like, People get all up in arms when when somebody says that the gay you know rights movement is um, sort of the civil rights movement of our day, and, right. and, and they equate it to, um, or, or they sort of compare it to the uh, the African American civil rights movement um, back in the nineteen sixties. Um, yeah, I, and, and people people freak out. Yep, I've I've been in the people freak 
out. They do. And they're like, it's not the same thing. <laughs> well, of course it's not the same thing. It's a different community. It's a, it has different needs, has different forms of oppression that have been used against it. Right. right. A, Did, would, would gay people have had to have experience. been slaves in order to, to make that comparison? Like, I, how far down the road do we have to go before the comparison's allowed to be made? I don't know, but I just thought of gay slaves. Oh, you like that thought. <laughs> you dirty perv, you. <laughs> Anyway, the, I I mean I think this is the the point. I wrote I once this was back in the 90s. I wrote a uh, a letter to the editor of the Salt Lake Tribune mm. uh stating that I thought that that gay rights and this was I mean this isn't a, this isn't a, a thing to say now like everybody knows this or everybody's heard this, but at that point I said that gay rights was the next civil rights movement and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that people I think specifically what I said was the people who are on the anti-gay side of the gay rights fight, we're going to look as anachronistic and stupid to history's eyes as those who are fighting for uh, the the continued uh, enslavement and or the continued hatred of black people in our country. Right. And the backlash that came from that was that. It was like, you know, somebody mentioned, well, you know, the Congressional Black Caucus says that it's not the same thing. Well, no, it's not the same thing. And blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah. But there's there are similarities there. And he, here's the thing. like, I think when in, whenever anybody in a movement, in a community, looks back and sees wonderful examples of successful movements, right? Yeah. There is a desire to say, we're going to be that. Right. We're going to be that thing. We're going to do that. And we're going we're gonna to look at what they did. And we're going to try to do it the same way, right? Or in way in ways that can be applied to our community, right? I don't think that by doing that, that that you're somehow saying, well, now we're just honorary gays and black people, right? Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. Like, like it's not like all of a sudden now we're members of your community, or, or that our struggle is the same, or that our struggle is the same or as difficult. I would say that we're kind of chipping away. Uh, you know, you start. Kind of with the the really bad one, right? Like, I mean, like, what do you mean the really bad big one? I mean, slavery is horrendous, right? Right. In on American the, history, that's a, that's about as institutional bad as it gets. level. It was accepted by the by by law, right? Um, and and you think about the the oppression of an entire people, yes, because they not just oppression. They, Slavery, slavery, right. like, like, slavery, like and then forced the subsequent labor oppression, and, right? right. Um, and uh, you you look at that, and that is an evil. That is that is clearly identifiable, right. and it doesn't matter who you are or when in time you are. I hope you can. I hope that you could look at slavery and go, "That's really sick and wrong." Right. Well, once you deal once you deal with one issue, it seems like to me other people are going to start coming out of the woodwork and being like, "Well." We've had problems too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As we, you notice, your society being generally becoming more and more accepting, the 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 harder it was for you to hide, the more likely you're going to come out first. Right. The easier it is for you to hide, the further down the list you're going to be. Sure. In my mind. Sure. And also that has to do with sizes of groups and blah 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 blah. But atheists can hide like mad. Yeah. We can hide better than anybody. We can go to church because I know the two sides of me. Right. Which side can hide really easily? Between gay and Between atheist? gay and atheist. You know, atheist yeah. could be like, 
You can pass for religious totally without pass. any. Yeah, you just, I mean, you, and you're not. You don't read super gay, but people can tell you. But at you're the gay. same time, I you live with a man. I live with a man, and yeah, yeah, we have two dogs. Right, you're very gay. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing is that yeah, I mean, for and for a lot of our, our, our gay friends, passing as straight is not an option. Exactly, they, and nor would they want to. But I mean, but even if they wanted to, there's we have there are gay people who can't pass as straight. Right, but I think that like the demands of being gay, if you're trying to be authentic, mm. your your hiding is really difficult. Right, right. The demands of being atheist, if you're trying to be authentic, it's pretty much just up in your head. Yeah, you don't have to say. You just don't have to say. You just it. don't have to say anything. Right, right. Normally, um, as you go through your day to day life, the you know. It, maybe in the South, somebody's going to ask you what church you go to. Right, exactly. But, you it's, know. It's the omission of doing something rather than going and, you know. I mean, if you're if you're partnered with another man, you're going to stand out. Yeah. Right, you know. You, so, I don't know. But I think that, like, for each group that sort of has started to see success or that has had success. So, like, now that we're starting to see gay marriage spreading across the land. Indeed, um like a disease in fact a very crazy court case is up up here in utah right here now. in utah that's right this thing i mean it could go either way yeah i don't know what the implication i mean this judge is he's gonna have to craft his decision very well uh-huh. but he knows the 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 what, what's what's on him right he he has to know the the place that he holds in history and and these same these lawsuits are happening in states across our country exactly so and so so nonetheless um you know when when you have a movement that's been that's like starting to see a lot of success of course other groups are going to want to emulate that success right and by just saying atheism will be the new gay marriage oh my god what does that say about gay marriage? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. It's it's very positive in terms of gay yeah. marriage. The other thing is that, like, we're not saying. I don't think Bill Maher had any intention of saying that atheist struggle is the is e- somehow equivalent to the struggle of the gay population. No, I think what he's saying is these guys had a civil rights issue that they're working hard at mm-hmm. and that the, the, they're winning at. Mm-hmm. We have a different civil rights issue, but still civil rights issues. Mm-hmm. And we're working hard at, and that right. we're, you know, gay people had to come out. Right. Gay people had to learn to gain, you know, society is, is now struggling to, to learn to, uh, to, to be accepting of mm-hmm. gay people. The same is going to be happening with, with, right. with, with the religiously unaffiliated with, with atheism. Right. And that's the comparison. It's right. not our struggles are the same. Right. In fact, what's kind of funny about the, the atheist movement in general is that there's there's a movement to become socially accepted, mm-hmm. which any movement like of this kind will, you know, especially like with the gay rights movement. Right. Fighting for, for social acceptance. But what's funny about the atheist one is that we're not having to, like, get laws changed in order to or passed in order like we just need to start enforcing the laws that are there right yeah. you know what i mean like just enforce the constitution <laughs> exactly and that's all we're asking exactly and we keep it's having to fight re- that remarkable. fight over and over and over <laughs> the fur of i mean how frustrating is that like the laws are already there we're just like hey notice how you're not doing the law now anybody do you notice it 
at least with the gay movement, they, they have to change the yeah, laws. Everything to has get, to change. But yeah. our, our movement is just like, we already have them. The laws are already there. Can, can we just do it? Yeah. Can we pretend like we care yeah. about I mean, the law? To be fair, there are some laws that like prohibit you know atheists from holding public office, let's say. Right, right? In, in like seven different states. There's a few different states where the that's books. there. But it's not it's, enforceable it's because not, yeah. the, the Supreme Court's already struck them down. Right. I, I, you know, and there are, you know, for instance, in Utah, mm-hmm. even in places where, even in places like Salt Lake City, where it's illegal to discriminate against a gay person mm-hmm. uh, for housing or for, for, for employment, employment mm-hmm. it might still be murky in terms of like distri- discriminating against an atheist. That's actually a thing. Hmm. You might be able to, to discriminate. I mean, because unless you can count atheism as a religion, in which case you can't. Well, it's on grounds of religious affiliation, right? right. Isn't that typically how it's? I, I would think so. And so and non-affiliation is is a, is affiliation, a, a kind of affiliation, sure. isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's there's dangers lurking about that we haven't seen yet that yeah. are probably going to rear their ugly heads at some point. Yeah, uh, and we'll just have to keep fighting those battles until you know. But I mean, I think you're right. The societal acceptance That's is the. The is key for the, us is the battle. Yeah, that's our battle. Yeah. Once we get that, people will understand that, like, oh, oh we can't just fire him, right? Or oh, oh, we probably shouldn't have Jesus everywhere on the public square because that doesn't include everybody and stuff. You know, maybe, like, maybe, maybe one would achieve the other. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so so I think largely we can just we can, we can say that we uh, disagree with you, Mister Stedman. <laughs> we disagree with you on uh on several grounds including by the way his headshot which i think he's oh, wearing an awful shirt no 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 i have a shirt very similar to that do you wear it buttoned all the way up to the top no i just think he looks bad well i'm not going to say I'm anything sure. about his shirt okay. but um what i will acknowledge is the last time we so completely went after one person we had to have them on the show. We had to have them on the show. We so, may need to get Chris on the show. <laughs> All right. Fine. We'll because get Stedman on the show. Let the emails and voicemails ensue. I know. Well, let's preemptively strike and just say we're gonna we're gonna try and get <laughs> we him on the show. Acknowledge that there are those of you out there who are now pissed at us. So you can get in touch with us. Please let us know. The, there are ways of doing it. <laughs> we have we have channels open for you to to lambaste us. Again, I would I do I will point out we weren't going after him personally. No, until you insulted and, his shirt. Until I said something about his shirt. I don't like his shirt. But other than that, I have no problem with. No, the we guy didn't call himself. him a fool or anything. No, we've, we've learned dis- that we, lesson. We, we disagree with him on a point. <laughs> but if you disagree with us. There are ways to, to get in touch with us. You can tell us by emailing us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Right, or you can just go to the Facebook page. That's just facebook.com slash Atheist. Indeed. Well, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use their music. And thank, continuing thanks to Mackenzie for, for getting just in charge of the, bang uh, up job. the Facebook. And uh, we will see all of y'all next week. Bye-bye.